watch this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. I am Tom Mills and as always I am joined by Sam Williams. Thomas, thank you for having me. We are occasionally joined by Bruce Fitzpatrick. Oh, that's just a body blow right on the outset. Hello. And ever so sparingly joined by favourite guest of the pod, Harry Fitzpatrick. Harry, welcome. Gentlemen, thank you very the much for having me. people have demanded more Harry content. We're here to deliver. And we're, we're here to deliver. And I'm here to disappoint. <laughs> You were last on the podcast when, Harry? I think that would have been the Ely podcast. So mm. um, I'm delighted and surprised that I've, I've received another invite. And if I want to get etiquette right, teeth on mic here, Harry. Teeth on mic. You should be kissing the Connect. <laughs> and uh, we talked a lot about transitions, I seem to remember. Uh, reveals. That was a big thing. Yeah. We did. And I don't think we've, we've seen collectively any transitions or reveals that have lived up to Ely mm. since. Every day I think about Ely. Like, I guarantee there's a couple of courses that I think about every single day. And Ely is one of those courses. Really? Yeah, definitely. What else mm. is on there? Um, Brancaster, I think about most days. Blackwell, every day. Um, Brancaster, I think about yeah, Brancaster yeah. a bit. Weirdly, I think about Brancaster every day. That was nice going back is a few weeks you ago. Thought I'd start but Ely, I think of every single day. Mm. I don't want to pour cold water on it because, you know, I think Brancaster is a very special place. But you did only play there about 10 days ago, so... Over no, I have times, done for 15 years oh, since, okay, since that first okay. time I played. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah no, so no cold <laughs> yeah, water being poured. Yeah. But that's not the reason we're <laughs> podding. Harry, it's good to have you on here. I think this is going to be quite a good pod, but we, mm. should, we should first tackle the elephant in the room. Or the room we're in. Well, or, no, the elephant yeah. being in the room that, you know, this is the first pod for, I think, three weeks because okay. <laughs> we had a technical issue with the podcast that we did last week. Yeah. Um, which, which we, oh, by the way, we need, to, by the, we need to do the questions at the end. Then you boys were we got on sent, holiday. We did get sent lots of questions because we said, oh, send in your questions and then never released a pod. So it's yeah. weird. But we can actually <laughs> rig this and yeah, we can, we can actually play this to our favour. So, you know, who's going to win the Masters? Well, Ram, obviously. Like, yeah. it, I can't, I can't no see doubt. anyone but Ram. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought Mickelson was going to go really well, yeah. particularly sort of on the closing mm. straight. Again, you know, we always knew Kepka was going to falter. And Reed, used to three everyone rounds. thought Reed was going to do. No, that. no, no, not that. us. Collectively, we, we all felt Reed. Reed was going to do um, but yeah, I think it would be remiss not to say. A few weeks off, you guys have been away. Um, and we obviously had a technical issue last week, but we will be back podding every week in earnest. I'd say in perpetuity. Yeah. That's what we've, we've got. A few coming up that we've we've got scheduled to, to record soon. We've actually got one in the chamber that's been in the chamber for a little while, but Bruce is not done sending me the edits to that, so it's going to be... That's actually incorrect. I've sent you the edits. Well, you're, you're now done sending the yeah, edits. Yeah, yeah, But so I'll, I'll, I'll edit it again, and you'll give me more edits, so then we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We've got films up our sleeves. We've got our first event of the year, yep. only three days ago, four days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry, did you enjoy that event? It was stellar. It was absolutely, and I'm delighted to say that I've spent you know, nearly 50 percent of my Easter weekend with the cookie jar. Couldn't <laughs> better company. But uh, it was lovely to yeah to be back at Blackwell and to see it in on on uh, yeah in such lovely weather with with such brilliant company. So that was our attempt of a of a laid back event. Um, would you say it was was chilled and laid back? I'd I'd say yeah. But you can you can you can judge it based on looking at the behaviour of the of the cookie jar. And Sam seemed especially laid back on the day, I'd say. Um, I was like a cat on a hot tin roof in the morning because 
this was the first event where I think some of them have been quite curated, haven't they, in the past? So for, for everyone's benefit, um, we thought we'd do a Masters Friday party at Blackwell. Mm. I think we've mentioned a few times on here, Bobby Jones had played Blackwell the day after he won the Open at Hoylake in 1930. Obviously went off to go and find um, Augusta with, with, with Mackenzie. And therefore it just felt like, actually it's a nice bit of history for the club. There's a nice tie-in. It's a great mm. time of the year. Yep. And it was Good Friday as well. Bank holiday, which actually I think tripped a few people up when they were planning. I think more people thought they were going to get away from work easily than out of uh, duties with their partners. Yeah. And then have a bit of lunch, play golf and, and watch, watch the golf in the evening. Um, but there's a lot of people who hadn't been to an event because it was wide open to our newsletter. So if you're signed up to our newsletter, you will be, mm. you will get invitations to our events. But we won't be putting them on social, really. So it's first refusals on the newsletter. So there's lots of people, like, unfamiliar names. And it was great mm. seeing how people would come to an event on their own. I'd be bricking it to mm. something like that where I didn't know anyone at a club I'd not been to. And then watching people just straight away throw themselves into it. You know, it's, it's not like austere at all, but, you know, people turn up in jacket and tie, don't know who anyone is, get a drink, meet your partners. But then you had like the real stalwarts in people like Grace or Harry or Dave Allen or been Sam Skelton, who mm -hmm. were kind of like working the room mm -hmm. with precision and sort of like all of a sudden, all those nerves within, I would say, 10 minutes had gone. Because mm -hmm. you just don't want to feel like people are there. It almost felt like the golf got in the way a bit. I feel like we could have just got there. <laughs> yeah. We could have got there. We could have got the port and brandies in. We could have had a little chat. And then, and then it was kind of like, right, we actually need to go play golf now. I think a lot of people were ready to just get tucked in mm. and stay there. But I mean, the golf was good. But, but it was a great combination as well in that, as, as Sam said on the day, we had, and as you just alluded to there, Sam, quite a few people who've not been to a cookie jar event before. A lot of returning sort of members of the, of the cookie jar kind of circle who like to come to the events and then a fair few Blackwell members who hadn't been to any of our events before so it was this really nice blend of, of of people and obviously it was nice having a Blackwell member in pretty much every group to yeah. kind of give their little take and their kind of own little neat insight into being a member of the club and the course and um and, and how it plays and uh yeah it was just it was just a brilliant day all around I think. Blackwell sets up so well for that stuff though yeah. doesn't it you know I know we're very lucky to play there but because it's such a small club and it's so intimate and everything's so closely close together I mean there's a few highlights that we've got to sort of you know we've just got to we do need to talk about the masters at some point but let's let, we will, let's which we'll come on, on to highlights. but you know much like the masters all of a sudden you could hear because of the intimacy of the course and the club the roars go right through the course don't they <laughs> so it was all of a sudden you know the, the murmurings going around the course and into mm. the spike bar at the turn were there's roars happening over on 11 Oh, well, someone's made a hole in one. And yeah, Tom yeah, yeah. Mortimer had canned the purest of six signs for his first ever hole in mm. one. Um, I kind of embezzled the story, but like it, it was getting better. Like I, I, I was in embezzled the, or embellished. Embellished. <laughs> I didn't embezzle. I didn't take the money. I embellished the story. It's okay. I'll just, I just, I'll own that one. And uh, I drove over there, and uh, I said, well, "Like we've heard the news. What's happened?" And he was like, oh, yeah, "Tom's had a hole in one." I said, well, "What happened?" He said, "I hit a six iron. You know, pitched." just short and released a little bit and yeah and the hole's brilliant really chuffed first hole in once oh great 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 go back to the clubhouse what happened yeah 
pitched his six iron about 12 feet past the flag, just razzed it, it back in. in. <laughs> and then by the end of the night, I was like, he had his eight iron, just towered it through. But we always have the MVP award, don't we? So the mm. Saunders and Long, which is a, a long-standing tradition within the cookie jar events. Nick always puts up... Um, you know, really nice sort of grooming products. The saunas and long stuff's excellent. It's all beautifully packaged and it's really high end. And we hand that out to the to the MVP, the most valuable player, the yeah. person who has the the biggest impact on the day. And poor old Tom, who's blessed with a fine head of hair, you know, <laughs> he's a hair grooming products, has made his first ever hole in one. And then has to watch me stand on the steps and give it to Mike Harris, the editor of Golf Monthly, who's as bold as a cue ball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for buying a bottle of champagne at the halfway house because he, he wanted to celebrate the first par he'd made on our 288-yard seventh hole. Mm. Um, but it kind of it almost epitomises the events and what they're about, which well, I thought was lovely. Yeah, well, there's a butterfly effect, though. As you said, you know, you've got to give yourself credit here, Sam. You know, Mike came in at the turn, obviously the spike bar, um, halfway around at Blackwell. It is, it's a rite of passage. You have to stop there halfway through your round. Mike goes in, gets a sort of bottle of champagne for his playing partners and a, and a few other people who are gathered in the spike bar just to say, I've had my first par, what a great day, the sun's shining, the master's on the TV this evening. Um, and one of the people in the bar who happened to imbibe some of that, that champagne was Tom Mortimer. So as you quite rightly pointed out, Sam... would never have had it without that. Yeah, he might not have had that hole in one if, you know, 20 minutes beforehand he, he hadn't have been, been, been drinking champagne. So. And we're going to have a great film coming out from it as well because are there we? was a playoff... Well, we, we are. You obviously mic'd all the, pl- the guys up, so there was a playoff down 18 in front mm. of a brain crowd. And it's just, again, Blackwell just sets up so well yeah. for this stuff. Um, little, little shout out to um, to Graham and, and the guys at TaylorMade for supporting the event with a, with a few nice gestures because, uh, mm. yeah, that, those touches definitely... Um, well, the Augusta balls were sweet, weren't well, they? They were, yeah, yeah. I actually didn't get my sleeve balls. How pure was the packaging? Up. Yeah. Yeah, the sort of azalea, the azalea, the yeah, azalea, azalea pinks, picks, yeah. But then the packaging all in the Augusta, I mean, like mm. the font was about as close as you could get without getting a cease and desist from Augusta National. <laughs> Heavily serifed, wasn't but it? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, like a really great, I hate fonts, don't you? Mm. Speaking of, do you like, hate fonts? I, I struggle with hate. fonts when I, I do I, the I've YouTube artwork. Like, especially like with the films and stuff, I think like, <laughs> sometimes I stare at fonts and go, just, I don't think there's I a kind font of always, I like, but I kind of always gravitate then towards like the really boring, like the Georgia, mm-hmm. but like serif, like, capitalized. Yeah. But I just can't, I can't bring myself. Anyway, I hate fonts. Speaking of like um, things like Augusta-based material, we do need to speak about the masters. But there was a a, t- a tweet put up by Cara Banks, former guest of the pod, of um, some of the TV crews and stuff. In you know where they do, is it the Butler's cabin where they do all the the speaking at the end? The butler cabin. Butler isn't cabin. It? I don't but think it's named after. It's clearly not where the butlers. Like because you can Augusta. see the roof. Right. So it's got this fireplace, and then there's like the chairs where they sit or whatever. Mm. But then you can see the ceiling in this tweet, and it's all like metal, like you know, all like the no the where studio. they're do- sorry where they where you're on about because this is where during the rain delay, um, you know, you had sort of like. You know, I mean, Crenshaw, great guy, obviously hugely respected in, in his, you know, in the world of golf architecture. But, you know, Ben Crenshaw was just sat there sort of regaling with stories. And you looked around the settings and it looked like a studio mock-up. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. not, that's not Butler. Like, no, is it? No. Because you can see like the, like the roof, obviously, rails where the lights are fixed to them. 
and it was kind of like it all looked very like I was like oh that's just really taking it the event's great to watch but it's almost like the the narrative around the place is now starting to get a little bit carried away you know, loads of people doing mm. sandwich reviews from what they're getting on the ground. Keep hearing this, a tradition like none other. You know, it's all becoming a little bit, mm. I don't know, is it getting a bit too Disney? Uh, if I'm honest, I, well, I remember Harry and I, we were watching the coverage on Friday night when I think the first, we- that was the first weather delay. Do you remember they all went berserk when mm. that tree fell over and it was actually quite Quite dramatic. rightly so, by the way. Television, yeah. But I found myself thinking that the the chat that Nick Doherty, it was quite low tech, really. The chat that Nick Doherty was having with Nick Faldo about some of his master's wins or like his mindset as to how he approached the game and some of the flack he got from the media for being so kind of single minded and, and, and just really obsessed with trying to beat his competition, how that sometimes that that spilled out and affected maybe relationships with players. I found that conversation really quite interesting. Mm. That blew whereas up on the, Twitter, that did. Whereas the, yeah, whereas some of the stuff that, I think it was happening during the broadcast where, where Doherty was talking about how you'd play certain holes there and Sky were quite proud of this visual sort of CGI representation of the holes in 3D. That just didn't really do it for me. Mm. I thought it was a bit over-serviced. Or like the dissection of players' swings. Where they yeah. go, Here's Rahm's swing and we can show him in full 360 view. This is what he does. And I was like, I'm not really that. I yeah. know that's quite high-tech. The Fowler thing is interesting. I was, I was, uh, we're recording this on on the Monday. Sunday I spent uh, the day with, with my family and they were talking about the coverage. And, they, and my sister, who knows nothing about golf, was like, and, and Nick Fowler's always in that tatty green jacket that doesn't fit isn't it and then like I was trying to explain to us like no no no, you get that for like like that's the members of Augusta get the green jacket and then Fowler's got it because he won he he won the Masters and he's allowed to wear that jacket letting it out every year she was asking some really interesting but she was asking some really interesting questions like do they only have one jacket and I was like well I just I don't know no he's got got three no no like but she's like what happens if 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 he you know puts on a bit of weight I was like I don't know maybe well, so maybe they retail it. Do they mm. make him a new jacket? I don't know. Well, some of them, if you look at like the Seve questions. one from, they showed some nice pictures of Seve, obviously 1883, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, I might have butchered that. 1883? 1883, I think, were the years okay, you might yeah. have won. Um, and you look at the lapel on the jacket they were handing out then, it's totally different. It's like this sort of, you know, really weird sort of like early 80s blazer but the, the lapel sort of just starts coming in from style, like the yeah. nipple line and you're like that's an absolutely attractive wasn't there some story like <laughs> wasn't there some story like but they had a generic jacket made for the winner like this is like you know when Tiger won his first and he put it on it was like absolutely enormous mm. on him because <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like well, it was wasn't it it was huge <laughs> yeah. you see it but well, I think I think more than anything is like there's that spell of I mean I, I don't know Harry I don't know what your thoughts are but like I look at the 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 social media and stuff and it was always like really it's really cool and it's like oh my god they just do everything brilliantly and they do but has it got to the point where it's so good mm. that it's almost become overserviced yeah. yeah well I, th- I think there are a few clues to that one of which would be I think it's a basket called A Taste of the Masters I don't know if you chaps have no. seen this which is a sort of Augusta themed hamper that you can buy online which I think you know you buy sort uh, of a yeah, packet yeah, of the pimento true. cheese and you sort of you, you make your own whatever it is grilled cheese sandwich but I think it comes in some 
eye-watering price point of about $175. <laughs> and if you looked at the, the, the actual ingredients, it's very difficult to see beyond the fact that this is just, this is just a branding isn't, isn't, exercise. Isn't but there one were, of the things at the Masters that it's supposed to be really... It is. Yeah, it's very value. reasonable. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, yeah. I think you know the, the merchandising to the people who are not supporting but want to want to get into the spirit. But they're of either it. selling like seven or seventy million dollars worth of merchandise in that tent. Like there's a massive queue to get in, and they, have, they always have this thing that people talk about, don't they? Where you buy the merch, and then there's like a FedEx table there. So you take it over, you give them your address, and they'll just FedEx it to your house, mm. and it's there like the next day. So you're not carrying it around. So I saw yeah. some of the stuff that I think Tom Coyne had bought a load of stuff when he was there because he'd put a little reel up because he got home and all of his stuff had arrived. And some of it, I was like, this is absolute tat. Like, yeah. like, there's just so much stuff. And I've seen loads of pictures of stuff online where I'm like, you can have too much of a good thing. I, would, I would actually, I'm going to push back a little bit. Not that it's not tat. And I'm really sorry to the whole golfing community. But I'd say most pro shops have tat. It's really hard to go. Yeah, no, I'm going to just, good I'm stuff. just going to critique the whole idea of tat, though, which is that what you and I find to be tat isn't, actually the case for in, in the in the eyes of a lot of other people they that's what they want no, I'm not so you, being as you be. cater for a wide yeah. wide variety of tastes like some people want a very very discreet little augusta national logo you completely know, agree a nice dark green kind of quarter zip in a, i in, think it says more about my taste than anything else i just can't believe like it's just, just what more than anything range, like yeah. so commercial like seeing just there's obviously yeah. so much stuff coasters mm, yeah. Cup holders. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's you know, what i mean pencils. like just uh, having said that so <laughs> sam had a real go at me the other day he was really angry at me because we'd been to brancaster and he'd left some some stuff that he bought in my car and he accused me of stealing the socks he bought a pair Hang on. But when you think finished. about it every day, you know, not you're constantly finished. reminded of these so issues. I'm wearing, I'm wearing these Brancaster socks and he starts attacking me saying how I've stolen his socks and he left these things in my house. I was like, mate, that bag is still in my garage. It's untouched. Anyway, I delivered that to him this morning because I was like, okay. Well, well, the reason being, I bought a, pack a pair of... A pack of Brancaster yeah. playing cards. Logo. <laughs> I thought that was cool because you know I'm really happy with my, my lip balm from Moortown and I bought some... I mean, it's dreadful sun cream, but it, uh, it's rye logoed sun cream, which I thought was quite neat. <laughs> Factor one. So when I saw the logoed playing cards, I was like, I've got to get those. Okay, like, so just to circle back here to your initial point about the, the Tom Coyne post. Presumably, you wouldn't think that Augusta National playing cards, lip balm and sun cream isn't tat and isn't, you know, excessive. I think it's more what they emblazon what on it, it with the slogan. All I'm saying is it's like, oh my God, it was like looking at this issue, it was like, you realise just how big a commercial this has got. And like you say, is it, I'm not attacking the Masters, but there is, it's almost like there's so much no, rhetoric around the event now that it's got to the I point I think it's where the same absolutely everywhere. I think the Open, we were, we were all mm. last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, exactly everything's so. led to this last exactly year. So. Yeah, but I think the Masters is like... <laughs> where does it go next year now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else do. This is the way down. Yeah. But like, we're not short on superlatives. Well, yeah, quite right. But I think the Masters has been like the ultimate you know, example of, of the power of a, like a brand in golf and, you know, hearing from a lot of non-golfers about, oh, like, yeah, we're going to sit down and watch the Masters this weekend. You're like, That's actually mm -hmm. quite interesting. I don't mm -hmm. really hear you say that about the US mm -hmm. Open. Mm -hmm. You Correct. certainly don't hear about a run-of-the-mill PGA Tour event or a live event. It's amazing how well, well they do it. But, but, also, like the but app, I think and like the yeah, unreal the really one good. event <laughs> and the quality. Yeah, they've so really good. curated it well though, haven't they? If you yeah. look at you know, dare I say, even like the advertising coverage, I, again, can't really speak to the main audience or the main market here being in America because I know that is something that is plagued with a lot more advertising than, than UK golf coverage. But 
even in the UK with Sky, like the number of adverts and the ad breaks are more limited and they're kind of, mm. there's, they're more heavily focused on this partnership with Rolex or whatever and the tradition of the Masters. So they've, they've clearly, the Masters have clearly gone gone about like you know, creating this image job. in a yeah. very particular way. What, what I would way. say, what you say, cause my sister, I said that we have that conversation, says the same thing. She'll watch the Masters, but pretty much nothing else, maybe the Open. I actually think this isn't. We shouldn't really go here on this podcast because it's kind of so off topic. But it's worth talking but. about because we're in Britain. <laughs> no, I think this is a hang-up from it used to be on terrestrial television. Mm. The Masters used to be on BBC, so did the mm. Open. And I like my sister was like, "Oh yeah, yeah I like watching the Masters. I haven't really been able to watch much this year. You know, if I'm because she is enough Sky. She's like, oh yeah.' So I used my dad's login and, and watched a little bit with with the husband. But I actually think the loss of it on terrestrial television in Britain will probably have a longer impact further down the line when they're not like hmm. they don't have so much access to to, yeah, to people I mean, that are not interested in golf watching the golf yeah, yeah the, the, you know it'd be interesting to see the viewing numbers and where those sort of stack up with you know because obviously it's paid for and stuff but I mean you know years and years ago people literally coverage started on the back nine didn't it no one ever saw mm. what the front nine looked like that was, you yeah, look yeah. at that so Mm. I don't know. I mean, look, that app is, is when good I say though, that, the, what the they do account? around the event, mm. it is amazing what an unlimited budget will do for you in this game. Mm. Like yeah. in terms of the delivery of the app, the the the, the way they can provide the coverage, the the shots, the 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 quality of the camera work, the fan experience, Social it is media. unbelievable. Mm. I almost it's almost got to a level where it's almost unattainably but so think, good. But I think they have a, the advantage that yeah. they are the first major. They can just go bonkers because everyone's so excited. Mm. There's a little bit of a hang up by the time it gets to the open. I think everyone's like, okay, we've had a few of these now. We've had a few majors. There's not quite the excitement there is for the masters. No, I don't know if it's that. I think it's more about. The Masters is the only event where it's played at the same course, mm. same club every year, and so and it's just like, pins. yeah, yeah, the same pins, and there's just this familiarity that you develop as a viewer, which you don't get even somewhere like St Andrews. Yeah, like sixteen, you're like, watching it land, and you're like, oh mm. no, it's too far left there. That's going to just yeah. roll back down and miss it on yeah. that side. Mm. And that's quite nice and engaging. What did speaking of the course? Because I think I want to obviously a big thing with the budget this year. <laughs> lengthening the 13th hole mm. how did that sit with you harry well i think that it, it was interesting uh, just be also because of the weather and not just 13 which i'll come back to but i think the, the, a lot of the other holes with the colder temperatures and some of the wind seeing the difference in yardage that some of the pros are hitting it on 18 for instance i don't know if you saw the yardages the, on yeah. that third round so I, I think i think ram's first round i think he hit a drive up there something like 310 or maybe yes yeah, somewhere between 300 310 and then i think you know on, on that windy round he probably got it out of there about 240 245 mm, yeah, I, I saw and you know you're seeing a lot of pros hitting woods into par fours and stuff and i suppose that's an interesting conversation topic now for like the, the rollback debate but yeah you, you sort of then you see on 13 where it's forced because the hole has been adapted to you know to encourage that kind of thing and i don't know i i, th I think obviously the job that they have done there is incredible and actually if you saw the the rear view because of the perspective and the sort of i guess the the, the camera work is actually difficult and to see that the, the, there is that much of a difference when you're sitting on the other side of a tv screen but clearly it was having a big impact mm. on on who was going for it i mean you got to hit a shot like ram did in the last round yeah. to really chase one round that corner six iron but actually and he had a six iron which is unbelievable be, yeah. 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 but they showed it on the track he hit the best drive of the mm. final round but actually, like, it, mm. it, it, in my opinion, it, that brought 13 back to being 
what you know Bobby Jones and McKenzie Bobby Jones famously said you should only be able to go for a par five if if you've earned the right to do it you mm. know yeah they and said it if you like it should be a, a momentous decision mm. yeah that was, was but that was one of his like, design philosophies so yeah. like if he's not I think loads of people hit okay drives and laid up and that's absolutely fine mm. well, like that's what it should be about or hit okay drives and then took the risk and bailed out left yeah. quite often it was way yeah. more multi-dimensional from being 35 it was yards it was. younger I think it was better whereas it was a no decision last year I think we can all agree on it and then, then okay the weather got cold and the ball wasn't going far and the ground got really soft in round two or three or whatever and then lots more people couldn't get up did it make any worse no but when it was just like a fate to come plea that you, you were going to be hitting a six or a seven iron into it kind but, of lost it but its. Rams drive down that final round was ballsy to there turn around that the, corner. You've got to think there's been there was a little bit more shape on that than probably Do you think? Do you think? Yeah, I that, thought that, that was squeaky. Was, yeah. Because yeah. um, that was like, but that's what it's about, isn't it? Like he took a risk mm. at the, probably the most pivotal time of that round. Mm. Um, perhaps you say he pulled it a bit maybe with a bit more turn than he wanted, but he had been working on that shape and you can he see had, all yeah. week he'd been trying to do a little drawing. I think that was one of the bit. sort of commentator's favourite topics, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> The Rams draw tee shots. It was hard to yeah. watch the sort of two or three hole stretch of Ram without them sort of going in on the, the work he done. But it's incredible. Ram moving it you know, left to right, yeah. they? they yeah. are obsessed well, with it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not his natural shape, but he's worked <laughs> hard on this. It's like, yeah. We've, like we've if you'd never watched golf, already. like you'd be like, God, this is really important stuff. What direction you move the ball? And it's like, no, nah, it's completely red. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to throw out there. Like I, I think I've said this on the pod before. I, I'm not Ram's biggest fan in the world. Because like, I don't like the way that, like, when the players a couple of years back when he threw that massive tantrum at his caddy and all that stuff. And I, I feel like he's just mm. a bit too, just a bit too angry for me as a person. But what petulant. was really impressive mm. around this week, I thought, certainly on Sunday, was he just looked like completely calm, you know, completely in control. And even after the double on one on day one, it wasn't like... I'm fast. It wasn't like I'm going to snap the patter over my, my knees. All right, okay. I'll just go and shoot nine under for the rest of the round. It's fine. Sheffler had a four jig as well, didn't he, last yeah. year when yeah, he won? Yeah. It's a nuts tap that. And then yeah. Interesting <laughs> yeah. symmetry, yeah. The winner of last year's Masters ended with a four putt and the winner of this year's started with a four putt. Yeah. Crazy. He does blow very hot and cold though, Ram, like emotionally. But he seemed calm this, this week, yeah. didn't he? But it's quite interesting because he's made out to be, I mean, I guess they're all made out to be these sort of machines. Kepka, who's arguably been the sort of alpha male of the golf world you know 2017 18 19 and this guy just wasn't phased by pressure he looked fairly vulnerable despite being healthy and going through mm. a great form obviously he's won a couple of events in quick succession on the live tour he you know cracked a little bit and didn't look his normal cool self yesterday afternoon and then even ram like yeah he did look pretty composed in the main but there was still a couple of putts he hit i think it was the putt he hit on seven where yeah. he's just like Shoveled this thing low and left. It's not got to the whole thing. Like, yeah, some of them are Which weak. is like, it's nice to see that because mm. you know, we all see, we all go through that on a on a daily basis when we play. The I game thought it was a good case basis. study for the Netflix thing as well. Yeah. Because seeing the the vulnerability of Brooks in that, which was tough watching, because you know, I I actually really like watching Kepka play golf. Loads of people hate him. I really like him because I just like the way he sort of like prowls around the golf ball mm. with, a, with a presence and he's, there's an arrogance uh, and he's, he's quite nice to watch that I don't know for whatever reason I quite like it and then when you then add in how fragile he's clearly feeling about his golf and the fact that he's quite honest in saying yeah I'd have probably looked at live differently if, I, if my body wasn't completely broken when we made the yeah. decision a year ago then getting himself there and then watching him 
you know, I was actually pulling for Kepka, really. Mm. Um, obviously, the live thing is stuff that we're going to bridge into a little bit. But, mm. you know, Ram, I think it's like the problem, isn't it? You know, if you're Scheffler, Ram, you know, like top of the pack, it's quite hard for you to pull for them because you're so used to seeing these guys win. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess part of that, Sam, was that, was that wanting to see some drama because we're so used to seeing those tussles, mm. the sort of last six or seven holes, Augusta. You just wanted a bit of excitement. Because I found myself thinking the same when Kepka... You know, he struggled with his driver all day, but then he started to to, to find a bit of form coming in. I mean, you, you almost you just wanted that 10. bit of drama. That you see was, that? I know, was, but that was obviously but, was so much tissue for the still hit it two ninety seven. Yeah, okay, that's still. I mean, it was down, down, down with, with a Healy win, squirty yeah. <laughs> strike. Like, yeah, I, I, I was still. like, what on earth do you do with iron? And I almost felt like I was like, ah, oh, yeah, arrogant prick yeah of course he deserves that and then the stat came up it was like 222 to hold 297 drive i was like what yeah, yeah. i screw a load of money at like, cantley though and this was the biggest mistake with big events like this i put money on cantley which was at one point look he was well in it mm. going into that final round and then i sat there and just thought god i really hope this guy wins because i'm gonna have to sit here and support patrick cantley for the entire last round and it, it really didn't. I was like, how, why have I put money on someone that I really can't pull? It's for? funny. I mean, uh, just to kind of dart back quickly to the effect of the Masters on like the kind of wider world and how it is just part of the wider public consciousness in the way that many other golf events aren't. It's funny how many sweepstakes and mm. things like that, that that come around as well. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't really bet on golf very much week to week, but got involved with a sweepstake this year and was like at the top of the leaderboard of like 90 people. I was yeah. in second place, but because, you know, these sweepstakes done quite well and you've got to pick two from the top 10, one from the top 20, one from 20 to 30, whatever. And you have eight guys and then it's quite spread out. There's obviously, it can change really quickly because you've got a cumulative score of eight people rather than just like, you know, one or two guys who might be in the mix. So yeah. Interestingly, I, I put yeah. a couple of quid on and you're uh, appalled by gambling, I thought. Yeah, but this is only a couple of quid on... Like, like morally abhorred. <laughs> they, were, they did like golf... Like, I'm not a gambler, which is... Like, I'm, I fell into it the way you did, you know, yeah. like, and I am morally abhorred to gambling, but it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> what? It's, but no, it's, we're not, we're not, not going down there. We're, we're not doing we're this. Not doing no, I know, I know. But on. like, on a deeper <laughs> deeper level, I, I actually <laughs> despise gambling. Obviously, I'm a, just a gigantic hypocrite. But you're giving some air time to it now. But uh, I did it like I had a, a couple of quid on Hovland, so that was upsetting that he kind of fell away the way mm. he did. But I also had like a few quid on golf by category, so you could do like best English golfer or best amateur. One of them was best live golfer, and I put a couple of quid on a few. And Mickelson going on a Sunday tears just destroyed. Yeah, them. no one Cause saw I that had, coming because I had Reed and Kepka. Which would have come in like... You know, Tom's really cut way. up about it. The reason we were late for getting here, and we'll come on to where we're recording shortly, um, was because we had to stop off at three service stations on the way down. He's had been loading the fruities on the way down and stuff. <laughs> just just there's a problem. We're starting to see why he's abhorred by it. Um, you touched on Liv. We are recording this podcast in Runnymede, which feels slightly apropos to the <laughs> Liv... PGA saga is there some sort of segue we can draw from that Bruce what's the significance of running oh bloody hell His, this is GCSE here. history you're closest to GCSE I didn't even think I did it for GCSE I'm going back to like 12 15 8 or 9 Runnymede uh, Magna Carta what's the Magna Carta don't know if I've got much beyond that I, was this the 
the agreement between King John and the few like local or I don't know significant barons. I don't know. About I really like the fact that we pretend. I think it enshrines some human rights in, well, in yeah, law and I stuff. Don't know. You got and that's not the segue into live. The segue is it all around unification of two things. I, I it's a dreadful segue. It was just more the fact that we're sat yeah. where the where the Magna Carta was signed today, recording this podcast, which is quite cool. Um, which is yeah, absolutely. But Except we're in a quite a sort of glossy conferencing okay. from, suite from the worst than, segue ever to live live God. Um, but more to the point of, actually, you had this massive division of PGA live. They'd obviously given the broadcasters like very, very clear direction on you are mm. not going to just keep peddling live PGA jargon on that. And actually, I thought it was a way better viewing experience because of that. Yeah, it was, you I would could also, just, they were just talking. I would also add to unbiased that unbiased about the, the about the, the players. The players of. of you know, some said some really quite nasty things about each other, mm. and then they were all peddling. So I think they've probably had similar instruction because then they're all peddling these things like, "Oh yeah, I turned up on the range, and it was like, oh, it's like I haven't seen you in a few months. I didn't really think about what I'm doing. It's like it's complete bullshit. Those boys we're always been called to together for like for months, yeah. and and people have been actually physically like uh, like naming people and saying oh, this person's mm. bad this person's bad and then they all pretended like everything was hunky-dory I, do, I, don't know, I think you can have a bit both ways though really in that there's clearly some some particular some specific relationships that are quite fractious at the moment like Reed and Rory I, I'm sure they weren't saying hey great to see you on the range mm. you know Wednesday morning or whatever but I think probably by and large a lot of the the, the the live PJ Tour divide is overblown. Cam Smith probably summed it up best. He he doesn't seem to have come in for much criticism over the last few months from individual PGA Tour players in the way that Patrick Reed has. Yeah. Not unsurprising because as far as I can tell, Cam Smith isn't suing, you know, a handful of people. But um yeah. It was nice to see that there was a, just a slightly different spin on it. Because I yeah. I do think that the media has fueled I'm sure we're part of it, but the mainstream media has has fueled this I this think, division. I think, like Sam said, I think the product being golf was better for it, and it was nice to see those players back together again. And it would mm. have been a way worse major if the Live guys couldn't have played in it. Mm. I mean, so look at that. Yeah, that's yeah. a resounding success. For Liv golf. Three of the top yeah. six. Yeah, three in the top top six. Yeah, it's it's um it's top four if you look at the leaderboard because they're all three of them are tied fourth. But um, I think it's a massive golf. win for Live. Yeah, really. In terms of, I think if they'd had a series of poor majors, you're really not. You're really gonna. It's gonna find hard to sell sell that product when you're trying to go to wherever it is that you're gonna go and play your golf. But mm. I think Greg Norman would have would have been like licking his chops at that. That's um, it. if you were if you were buying that. That's the. I mean, there's obviously a few that blew out. Just you know, people like Shambo, etc. But then players like Rory as well. You going in, you'd have taken that if you were Greg Norman or whoever, wouldn't you? You'd be like, yeah, that's a that's a win. I yeah, would take that. Yeah, I think uh, it was quite interesting. We touched on it a little bit earlier. Like Kepka obviously feels like his body is now in a great place. He's healthy, and his game is good, and he's probably a very different person to the the the, the guy that we saw on our screens in full full swing, which was filmed the beginning of last yeah, year. Like two years ago, yeah. Am I right in thinking there were some murmurings that he he almost admitted this week or a couple of weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, he, he said he would have looked at it differently. He still yeah. said, but I'm still happy. I mean, yeah. anecdotally, I've, I've read things that said that he's looking at... <laughs> he wants to what, get out. What's, what does it cost to get out of my live contract? But, you know, he definitely said that... My, they keep using this term healthy, don't they, rather than fitness or whatever. He's like, 
his, mm. you know, his, his, his health was better, he would have probably looked at it differently. Speaking of fitness and health, Phil Mickelson. I mean, he looks like a different person, one, but how how entertaining was that round yeah, of golf from I, him I, I, yesterday? He looks like a person that's gone through a lot of stress. Do you not think? He just he, looks he like... He looked like he'd had an uphill paper round, it, didn't he? There's like... <laughs> he did. No, do you not think? He looked... You know, I you know, agree with Mills. He you looked, know when some people get like... Shell-shocked. When like some people you see and you haven't seen them in a while and they, they've lost weight and you're like, ooh, Christ, you look good. And there's some people that like have lost weight because they've been ill and you're like, ooh, you okay? Not when I he, thought Bill Mickelson looked like lot, yeah. he was like mm. I'd be, I would have been saying. Mm, I don't know to generalise it. I do think they 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 say that if you're you know slightly larger and you look a little heavier, you, you tend to look a bit younger. I don't know whether he's obviously north of fifty and he's had a big weight loss north of fifty. Is that? Is that not I just don't know. definitely? Whereas Larry only looks like eighteen, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely, uh, no, but I think didn't you, affect his game, did it? No, but it was absolutely remarkable to think at the age of fifty-two or whatever to be able to compete at that level mm. is utterly outstanding. Lowest, like, lowest, because uh, the course was playing long as well. It wasn't like he was playing a baked-out yeah, St Andrews yeah. in the Open Championship where it was more of an equaliser. And there wasn't all those the stinky chat, you know. There wasn't all the nasty bombs and all that stuff. He was very. I thought like, he was quite reserved. humble in his interview yeah. afterwards oh, with Sarah Sturk. Oh, I didn't catch that interview. He, was, yeah. he watched it. Yeah, he, he pretty directly responded to her comments around the fact he'd set a record for over 50s in the Masters um, and just said that's not how he thinks of himself. He's always had quite a stern mindset when it, when it comes to him as a competitor. But yeah, he, he's looking at this now that... You know his game is in a is in a brilliant spot, and he can compete with the best in the world, which is quite exciting. Actually, you look at the rest of the year. We we all looked at that PGA win of his, and and thought, okay, what a what a great last hurrah for Phil. But he's absolutely got the mindset that he's still up he's there still competing. <laughs> and actually, yesterday's round was an absurd um, example when, of that. When, so when you think I, I did actually have a you know a little thought about this, and I'm not sure I actually took my thoughts through to a conclusion, because perhaps it's not a fair comparison. But when when you consider that Phil has lived under the shadow of Tiger mm. for an entire mm. for an entire career, and then you see kind of Tiger withdrawing, really, you know, quite hard to watch because it, you almost think, are you now damaging your reputation? It's very hard and this to watch man those. who's who's lived in the shadow of Tiger and everyone's kind of always viewed Phil through the lens of Tiger is now, you know. I don't want to say that outperform because you just don't know what Tiger would be doing now. But now he's like still well, yeah, going, if, still if Tiger doing. Tiger had anything like Phil's body, I mean, it would just it'd be quite scary. It was very hard watching that stuff, wasn't it? There's a marked difference, I think, from a health standpoint. Yeah, it's of course, it's tough of course, because tough of everything. That's gone but I guess if you wanted to get really philosophical, like the relentless or the, the brutal physical training and mental re- training regime that Tiger put himself through in his prime years. It certainly damaged his body and, and made him much more susceptible to injury, but it was probably a necessary ingredient in him becoming the kind of steely, unbelievable competitor that, that he was for all those years. I don't know whether you could have had one without the other, whereas Mickelson has always been seen as a bit more laid back and and kind of happy-go-lucky. Tiger's always been driven, and, and it's yeah, it is sad to see that at this moment in time there's quite a marked difference in their... In, in how they appear physically, healthily on a, on a, on a golf course. 
it's kind of has to as well. Yeah. It just keeps blowing all of his cash, Phil, as well. So it's <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a wild bit of conjecture on, no, the, on the Jar no, podcast. No, no, I'm joking. I, I, Sam, but, Sam was out in Vegas actually last week. Well, you speak to the rumor mill, don't you? But like, but but all jokes aside, it looked like he came into the Masters well and truly humbled by the last 12, 18 mm. months mm. activities, and for him to just answer yeah. the critics on the golf course, I thought was was a pretty remarkable. Yeah, and like you say, in his yeah. post post round interview, he was very humble about and, and there were the references to live in there but mm. they were subtle and they were respectful Absolutely. and you know after a 65 it's quite easy to stand up and and and, and to be a bit more direct with your comments no, and that's why and i think the whole it. thing around it felt like it was a bit of a watershed moment where some of that stuff had matured a little bit i think it'd be right to to, to mention couples as well I, I, i'm not quite done absurd on, i'm not quite done on, on tiger just on uh, tiger uh, just for just for a short moment before we okay. move on to couples because we did that would be the right thing to talk about um, my aforementioned sister, who, who doesn't watch golf but watches it occasionally, was, came up with a thing where she said, um, you know, I was explaining that you know, you've been through this car crash, you can't walk. And she was like, why doesn't he just use a buggy? And I kind of was trying to explain it to her that, you know, it's more of its pride than anything else. Because I think the dare say... It's good enough for John Tiger Daly. Woods said to any tournament in, on the planet, I'll play as long as I have a buggy, they'd bend over backwards to do it because of the revenue that that would bring with it. And actually he'd be, you know, he he may be competitive if he could whiz around a golf course. I'm not sure just about hit that. No, people think he would be, Sam, actually. But really? Again, really? you've got to take this stuff with a pinch of salt or maybe a barrel of salt. Was it Fred Couples or someone else said he shot like a 65 or a 63 on the Tuesday or the Wednesday round? There's, yeah... By all accounts, he, he is certainly not struggling with hitting golf shots. You know, he's adapted his body and his swing to so many times before and he, he can make that, that work. He does not look well in terms of walking around a golf course. Like, his his, his feet and his ankles, just they yeah. do look That's like That's a bunker shot that he hit on 18, maybe on the yeah. first round or second round. Yeah, where that. he had one foot in, one foot out. It's just like... Looked I mean, quite hairy, didn't it? Like he was going to keel over. There doesn't look like he's got much in the way of an ankle or a lower leg. Like you can almost mm. see the trouser is kind of. Well, there's a photo wind. online, isn't there? It genuinely looks like he's been in a shark attack. And I think a lot of people said that. I think he said it himself, but it's often difficult to to know where where it turns into hyperbole. But the surgeons kind of were presented with something that only loosely resembled a, a, a lower leg you and ankle. Well, after that car accident. So the fact that he's still walking sad. around is probably a miracle. But the, the adaptations he's made to his swing are amazing. I mean, he basically only has upper body now. Yeah. Yeah. He's and he's still, he's, he's still ripping it. And uh, Rev, he was like 180 ball speed, wasn't he? Yeah, he hits it so far. But it is very upper body dominant. There's like a, ooh, quite a lot of shoulder in that. And was that is that like I don't look at the swing the way that you boys look at the swing. Is that vastly different from say Tiger ten years ago? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I mean, again, he's always moved his swing around a little bit. He's yeah, he's moved it around actually quite a lot. I would say he never swung it like Sam Bennett. Yeah, career. There were times where he looked closer to Sam Bennett. Yeah, it was always like, but like that. quite a lot of side bend and quite a sort of exacting but the generation of players standpoint. like Hovland yeah. and Bennett that are coming through that yeah. are way it's, more Neiman's the worst athletic. Isn't he yeah Neiman another great example like yeah. he looks like a half open suitcase when he's hitting the golf isn't he? <laughs> the way I feel today that's like how I feel like I'm swinging the club maybe that's because that's how I am Freddie yeah. Couples that was a some showing that wasn't it 
I wanted to mention it just it's purely because nice. I can't believe at the age of 63 the guy's again able to just go and compete at that level. But it's quite nice, like to without back it a out. golf glove on, with tempo that looks like him. He looks like he's barely going at the golf ball. I mean, t- tempo is so deceptive, isn't it? Yeah. Do you not think like you watch? But him. he's been quite vocal in the media recently, running his mouth against a lot of players. Mm. Um, and I think he was. I know, I know he's a past champion. He doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. He truly doesn't. But it's good to back it up a little bit, you know, mm. and come out and have a couple of really good rounds and make the cut. Definitely. But the, the, I, what I find amazing with it is throughout his whole career, it's it's one that's, you know, tempo is just everything with him, isn't it? It's so Languid and free. And it never looks like it's moving, but it, it bloody well is, that club somewhere. Speak, there must be like a slither, yeah. an impact, when all of a sudden it just gets to the right speed. It's sneaky. <laughs> it's almost like you, you sometimes talk about, I forget what you call it. it was, I'm going to say something like the elephant trunk now or something like that, that Rory used to have. We just have it, yeah. That's, um, it's yeah. almost like that. Like it's We need to really caveat that because that sounds like some terrible <laughs> <laughs> innuendo. Um, Is this when you were in the locker room with him somewhere? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You can, you can, you can Yeah, like the idea if, ele- if elephant's trying to hit something with its trunk, it obviously like, would move its head in one way and then while the trunk's still swinging, it would like kind of start, it's just like creating like a whip like yeah. effect. Yeah, I think he must have yeah. something would it sound a lot? Would it have sounded better if you said the whip that Rory has? Yeah, I don't know if that would have <laughs> been less sort of... Um, um, speaking of legends... Um, Shane Lowry? Co-crack. Oh, okay. Did you see this thing about the news? Co-crack did. and Sandy Lyle? Let the boys play. That um, did feel like a bit of an own goal from the Masters. For everything else that was very, very well managed and as we've become accustomed to just seeing utter perfection and, and kind of seamless presentation of the golf course and the media coverage and they seem to do everything well. I mean, the fact they had sub-air on perhaps the whole you can hear it, golf course you? and they just dry it out and we can Unreal have a normal that course Sunday. Amazing. From the, Saturday. the Sandy Lyle incident. Yeah, that felt like a bit of an own goal. Yeah, because... What well, I don't follow because I want to illuminate me. So, Kokrak was in the same group as him. Um, so, and he wrote, just wrote an article on Friday. So he just wrote an article. We need to set the context in, for, about this with being Sandy Lyle's last. Yeah, yeah. so it's obviously yeah. Sandy Lyle and Larry Mize both. This is the last one. That is, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know about Mize, but probably yes. Yeah, certainly um, with Lyle. I but think, yeah, Lyle, Lyle's obviously said he's retiring from all, all competitive golf, and this was going to be this was going to be it. Uh, he played with Kokrak. They got to the final green, and the tree fell down. And he was on the final green. And he had eight foot? 12 eight foot? foot for par. He was already 19 over par. He's mm. missing the cut. This is last Masters. With, with all the supporters... That, oh, sorry. <laughs> what are the, Whoa, you'll have your, you'll what never are, get media creds there calling them that. All the patrons there. <laughs> wow. It's not even spectators. Um, it's supporters. God, really think it is a bloody really, football match. It really, it really <laughs> bothers me. 179 episodes into a golf podcast. Much live. I know. Really, for Mickelson's He's not been doing enough podcasts is what he's not been doing. But I kind of meant all... Sandy Lyle supporters obviously they're patrons but they're people that wanted him just to give him the ability to to clap him off to cheer his last ever masters and obviously health and safety you know took over considering that guy in the umbrella nearly got completely wiped out by a pine tree uh, they've just kind of stopped all golf so he's got like eight foot for par to walk off and that's it everyone cheer him they obviously cancel he has to go back at 7am in the pin knock this eight foot putt in and walk off to basically nobody there. Mm. So that was what Kokrak was basically arguing that they, the own goal was 
you know the, the, the championship committee the masters should have just been like yeah go on just just put that out you're on 18 just what i will in the defense of the masters though can you imagine being on the ground as a tournament organizer that week like for them that must have felt like totally adequate i bet that really was like what three trees for well when you usually you get sort of like three or four days i mean they get a lot of rain but never like quite like that and if there's lightning it's like off they come and they go back out you know that friday tree coming down it's like okay three of them three yeah the three trees odd about those trees but then like like, trees usually have roots do you see that, like, when they fell down? Shallow. I think they moved them around, though, don't they? Do you think, I think that's what it is? I, I think some of them, yeah. Like, I think I heard on the No Laying Up podcast or something, they were like, I wouldn't be surprised if the next morning they've put one back in its place or something. You know, like, <laughs> quite amusing. But, like, I think they moved them around. That's the extent to which it's kind of manicured and perfected. And therefore, it wouldn't be surprising that maybe it hasn't hit, like, full roost. It seemed mental that a tree of that size could blow down in what looked like a fairly benign wind, to well, be we've, honest. We've had uh, a tree come down at Blackwell uh, not so long ago. The one on the fourth, the one up by the green. It takes six months before we clear it up. Um, well, it does take six months to clear it up. But it came character down. Character, though, Sam. It's I character. It came down, and, and I went to go have a look at it, and this thing had come down, and the roots were like a metre wide, and they'd mm, shear, yeah. and you could see More it. More shallow like, on shear, certain like, types of things. What a force to get that tree down, to shear these roots in half. But this tree that came down, you could see on on the on the telecast is like they had these little like they looked like the roots of, of a blade yeah, of grass yeah shallow yeah very shallow like it was very thin very small oh, and it was like it's just a miracle that thing had come down what was also particularly strange uh, we talked about it because we were at, at our event uh, and there was lots of us there all together that Augusta controlled the narrative so strongly around everything to do with the Masters the fact it was just replayed over and over on TV of that guy nearly getting crunched. There's one guy... Cause but when he wasn't down. crunched, they were like, yeah, I think you can just have at it play it. Yeah. It's quite dramatic TV. Yeah, That well, could I'm have just, been... I'm surprised like, they didn't like... like I'm quite surprised they didn't... I mean, maybe they did, but like a full survey of the integrity of all the trees that were there then because there's a bloody lot of them. And if that can happen once, it can happen again, particularly with strong winds, wasn't it? On the yeah, Sunday, you, so. when you get one going, I guess it's quite common that it will take others with it once it's got that momentum. Mm. That's it's exactly what happened. Slower, Two more came with it. Um, yeah. It's hard, you it's hard to up, make it out. Obviously, yeah. there's a guy with the umbrella. I don't know whether he's like... Because obviously, you've got two gaps in the middle of like the middle tree and then the right tree mm. and the left tree. I didn't know... Presumably, you might just get out of the way of all of them, but that would have been quite high drama, I imagine, if you're on the ground. Tree drama. Bringing yeah. it back to Blackwell, though, couple for a of, second. A couple of more things <laughs> to, uh, to to talk about. Two things that tie in together. Um, Roy McElroy. I knew he was going to get a mention. He's a favourite mm. of the pod, isn't he? So yeah. And the on-course interview. Oh, yeah. Now... I think they did, they, did, they did different things. It's interesting to talk about both of those things independently, but the fact that he did one was even weirder. Harry, mm. fire. Well, given his position with uh, the PGA Tour um, and his role and the way that he's been very vocal and in support of the PGA Tour, I think it almost seemed like he felt he had a responsibility to champion their efforts to make coverage of golf more interesting and just deliver some more content. I was really surprised that Augusta were happy with that. Um, and I was also really surprised that Rory would, would agree to it in the context of the fact that it is the masters and we all know what, you know, what Rory's history with the masters and what it means to him. Um, so 
and I also think there's, there's an interesting dynamic with golf where what they're trying to do with full swing and what Drive Survive managed to achieve part of the appeal of, of golf coverage to me is that you really don't know what the players are thinking at any one moment you're kind of guessing you're, you're sort of trying to hear what the caddy's saying to the player but you're not really sure um, and, and a lot of the feedback you're getting is sort of the visual element of their body language and their their, their facial expressions um, but then you, they come off the course and you hear their post-round interview and then you kind of understand okay well you know what was what was going through your mind at this moment or that moment so to have airpods in walking 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 up the fairway having to tell them that you know i've just missed club that it's come up a little bit short and now yeah the putt shouldn't be too bad there because it's up up the slope it's like did that really add much all you've really said is the result and we don't really get much more of an insight and it almost cheapens the experience for me and that's my view i don't know what you totally agree i think it falls into the the camp of over servicing that that, the term we mentioned earlier i mean to just quickly pick up your point he takes the airpod out so he has it in talks through what you're seeing blah, 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 takes it out hits the shot then puts it back in right okay okay it's still a but either way it's a lot of availability when you're in yeah. a do you think it's yeah. Rory McIlroy's attempt I'd be way more interested in seeing like Woodland pressure. and Kepka's caddy like mocked yeah. up that'd be much more interesting I think, I think it's his attempt I think it's his attempt to make Five. this Five. in his own mind more of a like more of a regular run-of-the-mill PGA Tour event which he has no problem winning and yeah. closing out and he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to treat it more like any other PGA Tour event it's like okay, that's fine, but it's not though, is it? And so why be part of the pilot? I, I agree with you, Harry. Like, I don't think it's something that adds a great amount of value to the coverage of the Masters. Like you get enough from on-course reporters who are up there who are close by, you know, microphones that pick up a player caddy conversation. I don't need to hear what the player's thinking there and there and then over each I shot. think a much better product would be I don't think it'd be difficult to enforce, probably, perhaps difficult to enforce in, in the Masters, but if they just enforce every player, every caddy is mic'd. And we might dip in and out of your conversations. We're never going to stitch you up. But take away the formality from it, because we do all want to hear the conversations. We do all want to hear their thought process you know, of what they're going to do. But that kind of artificial, I'll tell you what I'm doing, it just looked weird. And a fair yeah. play to Rory Epard... Uh, the ninth when he's walking up it in round one it just like it was just shocking like the whole thing yeah. was shocking I just I'm not, just not sure it's like you know ultimately what's happened well someone said will it be better if we can get even closer insight to it because that's going to be a good thing so we put, it's like you spot on I think Harry is that made it any more interesting? No. Then what comes off the back of it? Well, then that becomes a subject point for the analysis within the tournament and the context of the of the of the mm. Masters itself. Is that interesting again? I'm not sure it is. I like, got yeah. I got more insight and interest out of Faldo's assessment of Rory's game. I mean, this feels like just you know a ring and endorsement of Nick Faldo's participation in the Masters yeah. coverage. But by and large, I, I, I like I. I found him to be He was actually really right on Sky. Was I'm not yeah. a big fan of his, um, generally on the punditry. On, but on CBC or yeah. CBS, but yeah. But yeah, you know, when there was this sort of dissection of Rory's struggles and he was saying, I, you know, I think I think he's trying to hit a few hold-up fades off some of these notoriously slopey lies around Augusta and he's had a few go left on him and like you can just see that he's struggling with the short irons and that's creepy. And I, I was like, oh, okay, that, that's something like I wouldn't have cleaned otherwise like I've not been mm. there and played it I don't know Rory's game and obviously don't spend that much time kind of analysing his, his game week to week and yet 
that was just quite a nice bit of insight from from Faldo and you're like oh that makes sense I can see how that, that one pundit that I thought was a smidge salty I don't know if you picked up any of this was uh, McGinley okay why was he just, just had a few things they weren't big like, there's just there's a few just salty takes particularly around short game and stuff like that so he, he was quick to he was quick to load the guns against Sam Bennett I thought that was that was quite interesting you know he's like mm. I, I didn't quite I, I thought okay yeah he's deliberate but like cut the kids some slack but particularly anyth- anything around the short grass, he was very quick to nip in with. Yeah, but they overseed this rye, and it's like really, it's really actually quite nice for them to chip off this. You know, it was yeah. just, he was just—I felt He's like he was—he was actually. making lots of excuses <laughs> yeah, as to why yeah. these players were so goddamn good. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, okay, just let's just dial it back a bit. I, here. I couldn't like believe he's only any, played it twice. Any amateur, McGinley, yeah, bonkers, isn't it? But I, I find like with any amateur or anybody who plays something for the first time, people are so quick to load into experience. It's like, you know, he can he shot like an amazing first two rounds and then he didn't play play his best in the third round. But then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, well the thing is he's just not experienced this level, it's the pressure. It's like but you weren't saying that two days ago. Like it's not like he's played golf his entire life. Like, granted it might not be in uh, Augusta, but that didn't bother him yesterday or the day before. He still shot lights out, played with Scotty Scheffler and absolutely bossed it round. Like the kid can play, like, like it's not it's not just piled into him that he's not experienced enough just because yeah. he hits a few bad shots. I he's think not the piled into Rory is, saying yeah. he's not experienced. If you're on air for that amount of time, you are <laughs> yeah. going to just make some blunders, aren't you? And yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that one didn't hit the air so well. Um, something that's maybe a bit of a tangent. A time. But I think, huh? We, but we've been on air for quite a long time. Yeah, 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 we've made several strong. each. <laughs> 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 but I think one uh, thing that is definitely worth worth covering before we sign off because it... It flows nicely from the last podcast I think we released on the ball rollback with the announcement with James Day. Tiger came out with some ringing words of support for the mm. governing bodies. Um, that's pretty much that's it. Sam, don't dust in now, isn't did it? Did that? Yeah. Did that? Do you sort of feel that was a momentous endorsement, or do you think you know what the governing bodies probably probably were aware they had both Tiger and Rory on the side before announcing that? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I think I think you know they're. I think they know they've got their support within reason, but I think, let, to be brutally honest, I think most of these decisions are happening with consultation with with the likes of McIlroy and Woods. You know, it must be extremely difficult. Though, yeah, because, because there's Taylor, so much. Taylor made of quite clearly. You know, they they've put out there in their social media. They've done this poll uh, that eighty percent of the people that participated in the poll don't think there should be a rollback. I, I can't. I don't speak, you know, on Taylor's behalf. But it appears they're pointing <laughs> in the direction of. Well, it, it appears <laughs> they're pointing in the direction of they don't want to roll back. I don't think yeah, any equipment. The two marquee would. players have come out and been like, "Yeah, it's fine." Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, so it's, it's. I mean, I'm sure that they're getting pulled in lots of directions. I think the pro rollback so. stuff is disproportionately high, possibly with. Um, a certain cross-section of golfers who are hyper-hyper-invested in it. And I think there's a much larger groundswell of general support to not have a rollback because it's just, you know, I think, you know, for the for the everyday golfer, it's like, I'm not really that bothered. Why, why are you doing this? And, mm. and the nuances of it also. I mean, what will happen, time will tell. In terms of where we're going and what's coming up, we've got a little trip down to Kent, which is why we're in Runnymede and meeting up here en route tomorrow morning playing the short course at North Foreland the par 3 course 
Four starry feature coming in from there. North Fall. It's a Lynx. 18 holes. Sort of a bit more cliff toppy slash links. But right. do you remember Paul Craven came on our podcast and said, mm. Oh, yeah, the par three course at North Fall is absolutely brilliant. So I've like. Very yeah, excited. Last night I was just firing out messages because I couldn't book a tea time on their thing online. So I was like, anybody that knew anyone at North Fall, and I was desperate to try and get. Mm. So we're all teed up for that. Can't wait for that. Super. Um, got some good stuff in. Again, get to go and see St. George's Hill, hopefully as well later this week. Jasper Miners evaluating, just been announced. Quite an exciting bit of news there in terms of what they're doing with Renaissance Golf Design, evaluating and um, some other guys in terms of some restoration work there. So looking forward to going back yeah, to seeing well, that. Jasper's kind of We've got our spring on, so. meeting coming up at All Woodley in Moortown. We played All Woodley on Monday. We haven't even talked about it. That is not far away. I sadly couldn't join you guys on that early scouting trip, but... Yes, a little over a month away. Or in fact, is it on the nose? No, getting away from the good doctor. On the nose, one month mm. today will be day one of the spring meeting, Grand 2023. Zero. And we've tested out the miking up of players and stuff. So we might actually, if I can really go to work on Tom, and he, I would like to do featured groups at Moortown and then final group at the at all Woodley. I think we should have a it's feature group. ridiculous thing. Yeah. Heard, I'll work on it with it. We'll get you around. Well, you, um, you find me four more cameramen, we'll sort it out. No, it's okay. It's well, I've got, I've got, got Harry. Harry and anyway, I'm joking. So, I w- I'm not joking, but I'll, I will get it done. Um, Watch this. And pattern. final plug. Uh, we were touching on rollback. Retro golf day at Minchinhampton. I'm mm. in the process of trying this to is, sort of sort out some saucy blades. My little we baby. actually have. That is your little baby. And we do actually have a few spots available for that. Yeah, we still and got it's buttons probably, cheap. Yeah, it's, it's 25 quid. Minchinhampton old. Uh, I thought which, it was 35 quid. Could be 35 quid. Pretty short. Yeah, it is 35 quid. One hour 40. It's 35 quid. Minton Hampton Old, um, which is perfect for retro gear. Um, there's going to be like a little, for, for everybody then that gets, that's coming on it, there's a little WhatsApp group created so that everyone can gnaws off about the blades they've purchased for this. Mm. It's got to be pre, pre, basically pre-Tiger, so pre-2000, pre-97. Um, the WhatsApp equipment. group is just called Rollback, isn't it? As far as I can tell, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, yeah, so we're going with. I've got. I bought because um, I. I think we should do it with the dress code though. I and everything. came to golf really low, Pringle so I don't jumpers. Have, uh, I don't have blades, um, so I had to go and purchase some. So I bought some Walter Hagen um, <laughs> blades that I got off eBay for like thirty quid. And the seven iron genuinely is the same loft as my pitching wedge. But the thing it's is, you can get that fitted. <laughs> that, and I think there's a, like, you know, obviously James Day, very close friend of the pod, you know, been on a couple of times. But, you know, you guys have done some tinkering with your equipment with him and stuff like that. You know, ultimately, these beautiful heads, he's adamant that there's too much rhetoric around needing cavity back irons to get the ball in the air and stuff like reasonable players with a decent enough fit on these things like you could get some beautiful old bladed heads he's also a professional and, golfer and, well yeah but like not anymore actually I think he's I think his point is that there is too much sort of anti-blade chat and maybe I, I'm looking forward to getting a set and, and seeing where we go with it but I think that's good I think that could be quite a good little yeah, good fun. mini series of events but I think that's up. it we're going to Back foot taps back on podcast now. Film coming from Alms Village. Alms oh, Village. Oh yeah, yeah. That's in the chamber. Um, you've seen the film. That's more to watch it. No, it's I been in our WhatsApp group for about three weeks. But this WhatsApp group that you refer to—it's ours. It can it's just, be, me. It's just yeah, the three of us. Yeah, but then there can there can literally be 
here's the Almuth video, <laughs> Almuth Village film, and then all of a sudden, like if you've not looked at your phone for an hour, Sam's just loaded in with, you know, sort of five or some six diatribe about something else. Or diatribe. We've gone off on a tangent that is just because what I was really hoping is you weren't so. at Almuth Village and being like, yeah, I couldn't believe that. That's a fifteen pound municipal nine hole links. In, in, in Northumberland like oh my god that looks unbelievable but I've said it for you now there you go Pep. well I, I could say that if you want me to I think it would feel unauthentic <laughs> at this stage um, I think that's all we have time for Thomas I mean yes double the length of our usual pod so um, covered some ground there haven't we yeah uh, apologies we, we felt like it needed to be a bit of a beast uh, since we haven't really podded in a few weeks and obviously no, we're thank you nervous. for joining we're a bit nervous about the th- just the three of us. We had to draft in Harold. So, Harry, thank you for, for joining us. Gentlemen, thank you very much um, for having me. Expect more content in the, in the pipeline. And until next time. Adios. Watch this.